It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. So glad you've tuned in for the show that's all about spiritual direction, where we seek to inspire and encourage one another for continuing the journey of faith today. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today and, God willing, tomorrow and Wednesday as well. I host a weekly show for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis called Practicing Catholic, and you can check that out over at practicingcatholicshow.com. Today here on The Inner Life, we're tackling what to do in the face of temptation. Yeah, big topic and a very important one, too, because it's important that we have strategies in place, because I think we all know temptations are going to come. The evil one knows where we're susceptible and he just keeps throwing temptations our way to knock us off our game, to separate us from that saving relationship with the Lord. And uh, here to guide us on our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba, who is a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport and the pastor of St. Pius X Parish in Fairfield, Connecticut. Father, Father Sam, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good to be with you. Thanks so much for having me, Patrick. Yeah, uh, well, I just got to say, Father, this is a this is an excellent uh, excellent uh, topic, and I'm so glad that uh, we're we're facing it here on in the inner life today. Resisting temptation how do we how do we get ready uh, in the face of temptation because it comes every each and every day. So I'm I'm guessing this is an important topic for you as well. Yeah, it's an extremely important topic, and I, I don't know that we ever really figure out exactly how to resist best. And that's really because the temptations can morph so quickly. So what, what's really key is learning how to grow in virtue and then learning how to uh, stay constantly connected with the Lord and then how to repent when we do fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, maybe that's a good place to start. I think one of the things that we need to nail down right from the outset, that there's a distinction to be made between temptation and sin, correct? And what is that distinction? Well, the the distinction is very much that a temptation is something that you think about doing or that is uh, maybe an opportunity to do something that you know is wrong. Uh, But to be tempted uh, doesn't mean that you actually did the thing. Uh, So I might be uh, tempted to uh, overeat, and there's a a, a giant plate of donuts, and I'm tempted to eat the entire plate of donuts, and I'm tempted to eat all of them, but I don't. I haven't committed a sin by just thinking about eating all of those donuts. But if I sat down and ate the entire plate, I would have committed the sin of gluttony. So there's a, the right. distinction is, is really, what did you actually do uh, versus what were you tempted to do? And we might, we, sometimes we talk about uh, sins in thought, right? So we have a, a particular thought that's, that's crossed our mind and we're tempted to do something. We may entertain the thought for a little bit longer, take some pleasure in that thought of doing something sinful, but we don't actually do it. So we have to be careful not to entertain those temptations for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still a distinction between uh, experiencing the temptation, thinking about doing something, and actually doing the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and and uh, it's it's a timely topic too, as you brought up the uh, the temptation to gluttony there, as we're in Thanksgiving <laughs> week here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? We're also many of us will be together with uh, family members, perhaps that there might be some temptation to enter into rather uncharitable words or deeds too. I mean, uh, hopefully we're all looking forward to being together with family, but let's be honest, sometimes that's uh, that can be a little bit trying as well. And so um, hopefully there'll be lots of uh, good ammunition in our in our camp this, this year because of today's show. So again, we're talking about resisting temptation with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And if you have words of or ways of handling temptation, what do you do in the midst of temptation? Any prayers that help you? Any scriptures that you utilize to resist temptation when you're faced with it? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email at innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, Father Sam, let's uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to Genesis three, and maybe we can get some insight into how the enemy works, and maybe that's a that's a good place to start in resisting temptation. So, lay out for us again the original the original sin, the original fall from grace, um, and what were the temptations? What are the tactics that Satan used in that in that passage? Oh, that's that's a great use of that of the passage in Genesis, because Satan comes to Adam and Eve, and, and the the first thing he asks Eve is, uh, "Is it true that that God told you that you can't have any of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden?" And so the first thing is a distortion of the truth. The the, sure. the first aspect of temptation is a distortion of truth, because almost always when we're tempted, we're, we're tempted with something that appears to be very good, and so to eat of the fruit of the tree is good. And Eve knows that God has given them the entire garden. She knows that they can eat any of the fruit of any of the trees except for one. And so the the devil is, is tempting her by suggesting that God has forbidden something much more than he actually has. And so he's, he's distorting that, that truth. So that, that first distortion of truth is kind of the beginning. And then he shows her the fruit that she's actually forbidden to eat. And she sees that it looks very good. Uh, there's something pleasing about it. Again, he takes something that looks very nice, and the temptation is to misuse that thing that looks so good, or that, in fact, is very good. So the next part of temptation is often that distortion of the good. First, the distortion of the truth, then the distortion of what is truly good. And so Eve takes the the apple. She's also tempted with, with the sense of, of pride. Um, God doesn't want you to have this because if you do, you will become like God's. If you do eat this, you'll, you'll have all the same knowledge as God. You'll be just like God. And so there's also then a forgetting of her real relationship with God. Temptation gets in the way of us seeing the truth about that relationship that God has with us, that she and Adam are created in the image and likeness of God. And they've been they've been given this great gift, and now she's tempted to think that somehow God hasn't been generous, that God's held out, that God's holding back. And how often is is temptation uh, to do something? It's a temptation to do something we know we shouldn't do, but the thought that goes through our mind is, it just seems like it'd be more fun. And God wants me to have fun, doesn't He? Mm-hmm. So we give in to the temptation. We do something that we know we shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Well, right there, we see poor Eve, tempted by 
the distortion of the truth, the distortion of the good, and then kind of filled with a sense of, I, I want to be like God, but it's a, a distorted way of, of responding to that very natural desire. Um, and not only that, but then she brings Adam along. She gives him some, and he eats it too. And so sin often is not only something that we are led to on a personal level, but it's how often is sin something that we, we invite somebody else to participate in with us, or by our sin we impact another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are things that I think we have to be, be really cognizant of. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just getting from what you're saying there, Father, that uh, with a distortion of the truth and a distortion of the good, if that's the way that Satan is still operating in our lives, and I guess there's no reason to believe he's not, then one of the ways we can start to resist temptation is by familiarizing ourselves ever more with what is true, what is actually true, and what is actually good, right? Absolutely. And when the more we understand the, the goodness, um, say the goodness of, of the human body, the goodness of the appetites that we have, uh, the goodness of the things of creation that have been given to us to use, when we understand them in, in sort of their proper order, we see how beautiful they are, how, how good they are, and, and we recognize that there's a proper usage of these things. I always remember in high school, uh, I grew up playing the violin, and my youth minister used the violin as an example of, about sin. And he said, if I gave you a violin, what would you do with it? I said, I would, I would play it. He said, but would you take it to the batting cage and use it to hit balls? I said, no. He said, why wouldn't you do that? because that's not what a violin's for. And he said, that's exactly it. You see, we ha- there's a purpose to the different things that we have. And when we understand the purpose, we see them in, in their real context. When you know what a violin is for and how it's meant to be used, and, and you've seen it used correctly, you see the beauty of it such that you would never even dream of using it in another way, in a, in a disordered way. You would only want to use it in that way. The more we understand the truth of who we are, how we're made, the more we understand the truth of the human person and how human beings are made, the more we understand the truth of, of the world and everything that's in it and the order of creation, the less we want to misuse it. And so we start to build up this knowledge of what is true, what's, what's right, what's good. And with that knowledge of what's true, right, and good, we're able then to try to do it more, try to be good, try to use things the right way. Right. Um, it's it's sounding good to me, Father. Our spiritual director today is Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And uh, I, I do want to drill down into that order and disorder. And uh, just I love the analogy of the violin being used for what is what it's made for, what it's meant to be made for. But I tell you what, let's take a phone call first. We've got Julie who's calling in from Lake, Lake Oswego, Oregon. And uh, Julie, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. Um, I was just calling in to say, um, this was really a miracle for me, but I was doing something that was just a total time waster, totally addicted. Well, I don't know if you guys know what K-dramas are, but I was watching them just too much, like wasting time on them. And I just, every day I would tell myself I wasn't going to do it, and every day I did it again. It just drove me crazy. So I went to the St. Peregrine Mass at the Grotto for healing, and I thought, should I go up and get a healing for that? And then Father Edgar was saying it's for anyone who needs healing in anything. And I was like, well, you know, I do need some spiritual healing here. So I went up and I did it. And never again did I go back to watching them. <laughs> wow. And it's Julie, been a couple that's... months. That's great. You know, I think you're, you're right to recognize that there's a healing that's needed. 
uh, if, if sin hurts us, if sin, if sin wounds the body of Christ, it wounds each of us who sins, then when you realize that you've been falling into something that's a time waster or just not good for you, and, and you can't seem to break that habit to ask God for his healing, that's that's hugely important. And how good that you were able to go and, and recognize this is an opportunity to receive that healing grace. It's beautiful. Mm. I do appreciate that. That's a great recommendation, Julie. Thanks for calling in and uh, and recommending that, that there's healing that's needed. St. Peregrine is an excellent. And we can really utilize the prayers of a lot of the saints, right, Father? I mean, even specific saints for specific sins or specific temptations, I should say, yeah? Absolutely, and and so many of the saints, uh, because of their own their own background, they've become real patrons for people who who suffer and who struggle with different kinds of sin, and and they're absolutely uh, our intercessors and and can help us to obtain grace and to grow in virtue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're speaking with Father Sam Kachuba, who is our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life about resisting temptation. So, if there are ways that you have uh, utilized the prayers of the saints, maybe you've invoked the prayers of specific saints around specific temptations. Would love to hear from you. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, or if you have other ways of standing up uh, for what is true and what is truly good. In the face of temptation, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, too, I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm, I'm cognizant of in that, going back to the Adam and Eve uh, story there and the way that Satan did tempt them, well, of course, they did fall. They did eat of the forbidden fruit, and mm-hmm. then they experienced shame. So how does understanding, really, the devil's tactics and his tricks help us to resist them in that way? Well, when we, when we understand what he's doing, and really the devil doesn't have a new playbook. He's, he's using the same old tactics that he's been using since the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, when we understand them, at the very least, we can be more on our guard. Um, since the fall, it's necessary for us to be aware that these temptations are, are coming. Prior to the fall, Adam and Eve and that original innocence uh, could not conceive of the idea that they would be uh, asked to do something wrong or, or to be disobedient, that that kind of suggestion would be there. And so they, they were victims of, of really having had no, no experience. But we, well, we, know. <laughs> we know, we know what it's going to look like. And so the more we understand uh, the, the tactic that the devil uses, and also the more we understand our, ourselves, how often are we prone to sin at certain times or because of certain moods that we're in or certain things that we've yeah. experienced or in certain situations. Sometimes the, the temptation comes only situationally. Uh, and as long as I avoid this situation, I don't even experience the temptation to do this or that thing. Uh, when we understand those things, it, it helps us to just be on guard and be prepared so that should a temptation come our way, we're able to resist it or Better yet, we're able to run from it. I always remember a spiritual director in the seminary who would tell us, uh, the best way to deal with temptation is to run away. We often think, I've got to stand and fight, I'm going to stand my ground, and I'm going to be strong. And really, what, what we have to do is flee from the temptation, flee from evil. Um, and there's nothing cowardly about it, there's nothing unvirtuous about it, uh, but to actually have that discipline to say, I'm not going to even entertain this, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> run, yeah. get out of there. I mean, it's a recognition of our own weakness, right? I mean, not not saying that, of course, in the strength of the Lord, we are always strong, but we have to always recognize our frail humanity, right? Absolutely. And recognizing that frail humanity and, and realizing that I am not as strong as I would like to think that I am. I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, I'm going to change my, my environment, my, 
my outlook. Uh, I'm going to change it. literally what I'm looking at or the people that I'm around. I need to I need to move from here. Yeah, wonderful. We are speaking about resisting temptation today here on the Inner Light with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachua, pastor of St. Pius X Parish in Fairfield, Connecticut. We are going to take a short break, but there's phone calls coming in. There's more good stuff to come on the inner life, and we are going to equip the saints and the holy ones for resisting temptation. So don't go away. Stay with us. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, flexible premium life insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage, Go to relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond, and we're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, about resisting temptation and uh Father, we're getting phone calls pouring in here, so uh, let's go to Paul, who's calling in from Oregon as well. Paul, welcome to The Inner Life. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father Sam. I have a question. I was recently informed by my son that he has the same sex attraction. He's a teenager. Mm. And I'm going to uh, fast uh, with the Bible chaplain. I'm going to pray. But I, I want to know, uh, what can I do? Some, re- some good resources for teens. Sure. Yeah, Paul, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I think to keep in mind first what the Catechism teaches us that when someone's experiencing uh, same-sex attraction, they they often experience it as as a cross, and it can be a, it can be a real challenge. The, the fact of the matter is that a sexual sin of of any kind is a cross that that so many people have to bear, um, and so to have that approach of of I want to fast and I want to pray and and help and support and to be there to help them through that is is really the right disposition. There are a lot of wonderful resources you might find with. Um, Courage International. You can visit CourageRC.org. They have great things there um, to help people to to live authentically in an integrated way, the teaching of the faith. But they also have resources that are there for for the family members who are trying to support them and and offer them their their love, their compassion, and and that support. There's another great resource called the Eden Invitation. Uh, Eden as in the Garden of Eden. And you might check uh, EdenInvitation.com for some more information there. There's, some again, some, some really good resources people who have also been through this experience and people who are striving to live virtuous lives according to the teachings of the church and who are are living with this with this challenge but living it in in a way that's joyful and that that's really truly integrated um, so I just also give you encouragement to um just to stay there in support of your son uh, and to let him know how much he's loved and to, to let him know that you're there for him in, in everything Count on the prayers of Inner Life listeners as well, Paul. We will be praying for you and uh, for your son, and grateful that you called into the show today um, for direction and support. And uh, actually, just keep listening, because uh, let's go from Paul to uh, across the country, from Oregon to New Jersey, to Mariana, who's calling in from New Jersey. I think she has some things she might um, that might helpful be helpful in this specific uh, situation as well. So, Mariana, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I've been single for a very long time. Uh, My husband left me when I was young, and then he passed away. So what I do now is I took a second-class relic of Maria Goretti, who's the saint of, you know, purity and forgiveness, and put it between my mattress. So if I do get tempted to have somebody there... I try to take it away. I also, for my adult children, 
hide miraculous metals <laughs> between their bed and, and box ring and pray the rosary every day. And it seems to be doing pretty good. That's great, Mariana. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people do using the uh, the hide the miraculous metal trick uh, just around their homes and any place where if they're going to have guests or anything, just as as that way of, of invoking the Blessed Mother's protection and intercession, but in a way that isn't trying to be overbearing uh, on on the guest or the visitor or something like that. I, I love it. It's being it's being. <laughs> well, you know, if if the devil's going to be sneaky, we can be sneaky too, right? Root exactly. of serpents. Yeah, I, I I love it. Yeah, very good, Mariana. Excellent, excellent suggestion. And of course, under the spirit of, lest anybody think that uh, this is a bunch of Catholic superstition here. Of course, under the uh, the spirit of invoking the prayers of the saints, who are brothers and sisters in the faith, and are, are moving us on um, to deepen our relationship with Jesus and stand up. Uh, well, as you said, Father, flee from the temptations and stand up to the wiles of the evil one. So thank you, Mariana. Thank you for that as well. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling. Mark uh, is calling in from Oak Lawn, Illinois. Mark, welcome to the Inner Life. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Father Sam. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, uh, boy, Patrick, you got a good Irish name there working for you. Patrick <laughs> I do indeed. Like, yeah, you, thank you, Mark. Are you 100% Irish? <laughs> well, I'm not entirely sure. My dad thinks he was, but uh, so that would make me at least 50. I gotcha. Well, thanks for taking my call, and and uh, I tell you, great advice to Paul. And, and you know, just thinking about that, you know, loneliness. I've I've been divorced for about 14 years, and uh, uh, but it's been good. I've I still got a chance to take care of my children, and you know, really be in their lives and have a purpose, and. Uh, uh, well, my point is, you know, now that now that they're off to college and they're they're out of the house and on their own, uh, uh, you know, loneliness it's it's like an invitation to God. And and you know, when we're lonely and we feel sorry for ourselves, you know, you, you shouldn't, you know, because it's really God calling you to reach out to you to say, uh, it's a Bible, you know, go to daily mass, pick up the rosary, you know, uh, have a purpose in your life, you know, you. You don't want to get that apathy kicking in. You know, once that apathy kicks in, you start to feel sorry for yourself and, oh, woe is me. And uh, uh, then the devil's tempting you. And, and then you're really, uh, uh, and, you know, an exercise is an awesome way if you're still young enough to keep exercising. Daily walks, you know, and pray to rosary when you're walking. And uh, uh, I tell you, for all the retirees out there, uh, uh, they should be going to daily mass. You know, it's awesome. It's uh, the Eucharist. It's uh, it's an invitation again, you know, to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mark, I think you're absolutely right to to especially to go to daily mass. Uh, daily mass can be that just that source of of strength each day when you when you meet Jesus in the Eucharist, and and you're receiving Him and you're inviting Him in more and more. Well, what's naturally going to happen is as you fall more and more in love with with Jesus and as you're experiencing His grace more, especially through the sacraments. Uh, you're you're finding that that place of of refuge, and so in those moments of loneliness, you know that in fact you're not really alone. You might not have a, a person physically sitting by your side, but you know that you can always call on the Lord, and that that He's walking with you. And so praying the Rosary while you're on a walk is a great thing. Uh, but all those different ways, you're absolutely right to recognize that even even in a time of loneliness, that God wants to be present with you. And that's we're coming up to the Advent season, right? In, in Advent, it's all about God coming to us in the flesh. And so this is another beautiful way that you're you're recognizing that God wants to be with us. And so we don't have to give in to that temptation to feel lonely or to feel sorry for ourselves. That's beautiful. 
Yeah, I will add my second to Mark's advice there too. I, you know, recently, I, I just from my own life, um, I was. I, I noted that the temptations, I don't know if they were bigger or stronger, but man, I felt myself more and more lured to them. And honestly, I, I gave in. And fortunately, uh, there's the sacrament of reconciliation. So I was able to get back in and uh, back in good relationship with the Lord and with the church, that sort of thing. But when people ask me, you know, well, what what's what's going on? Why, why are you uh, not feeling great? I said, well, you know what? My schedule has become and I've been missing out on daily mass. That was like one of the first things that came to it. So, I mean, availing ourselves of the Lord and his graces through the sacraments, through daily mass, through confession, of course, through um, prayer, through scripture study, all these things are a way of, of uh, helping us, arming us right in the face of temptation, Father. Absolutely. And whatever whatever prayer we can offer uh, and to, to have that routine of prayer, when we notice that our prayer is starting to, to slack in or we're not doing very well with it, very often that's kind of the open door for, for temptation. So to just keep that prayer life going and to, to remember that there's always grace, there's always enough grace available for us. Yeah, well, we've gotten some great advice already from our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, as well as from our callers. Thank you, callers, for calling in and uh, sharing some of your advice with us, too. If you have ways that you deal with temptation, that in the face of temptation, what do you do to avoid it that have been effective for you? Give us a call and join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, we would love to hear from you as we continue to encourage one another in uh, in resisting temptation. And speaking of temptation, Father, let's go back to the scriptures here. And of course, our Lord himself was tempted. We see that in places like Luke chapter 4, the temptation in the wilderness, right? Um, so any things that we can pick up on how he uh avoided temptation or or did not uh, that he resisted temptation that he did not give in to temptation in in that story from the gospels as well when we see jesus in the in the desert fasting for 40 days uh, what we're seeing is is he's really entering into the fullness of the human condition, and so those temptations he's experienced, even the things that we experience. But notice what those temptations are. They're, they're temptations to uh, to simply give into the appetites, turn these stones into bread. They're temptations to power, to to take uh, authority that doesn't belong to us. So he's shown all the kingdoms of the world. Uh, they're temptations to pride, to test God, throw yourself down from here, and God will God will save you. Um, But notice how when Jesus uh, receives those temptations, the devil throws them at him, but Jesus responds with the truth. Uh, Or Jesus is not just responding with the the truth, he speaks a, a greater truth. Yes, it's true that he could turn those stones into bread. And in fact, later on in the gospel, we'll see him multiply loaves and fish, right? But here in the desert, yes, he has the authority to turn uh, stones into bread, but he he speaks to the deeper truth that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He says, so he reminds us of the truth, the deeper truth than just that that sort of surface level truth. Like, yeah, sure, I can I can do this thing, I have the ability, but I'm not a magician, and I'm not here just to just to perform tricks. I'm going to do something much more important, which is to speak that truth that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He also speaks with with an authority when the devil suggests. Uh, throw yourself down. He says. He says, "No, this is this is not what I'm I'm meant to be. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test." 
And then finally, with that sort of authority, when he's tempted to worship a false idol, when he's, if, if you would just bow down and worship me, the devil says, you can have all of this. Um, and, and Jesus really banishes him in that moment, uh, defying him, telling him, absolutely not. This, this temptation that you are, are placing before me is to, to worship one who is not God, and, and I will not do that. And he's showing us that so often that's the temptation that we face, to make an idol of something, uh, to, to use something in such a way that it becomes like a god for us, or to be so reliant on something that we think that we have to have it all the time. And Jesus is teaching us that we, we don't have to. So when we speak the truth, of, when we speak God's truth into whatever those situations are, we receive grace. When we recognize that there's there's something deeper than just the temptation that's been offered to us. There's a deeper truth that God wants us to remember. We have this great well of grace, this wellspring that we can always draw upon. And then whatever the, the devil throws at us, to also remember that we have authority in the name of Jesus to send him away. Mm, yep. And true enough. That, that's very true. I'm wondering too, Father, what what uh, can we learn from the temptations of Jesus that might it might be similar again? Because as you said, the enemy he he knows no tr- new tricks, right? I mean, he's playing he's using the same playbook as as he has all along. Um, any in terms of like s- even small temptations that we f- might face every day, anything that we uh, we might well might be aware of. Maybe maybe we just need to speak them and be aware of them. That we might not even be aware that these temptations are coming our way. Any thoughts on that? Well, I, I think what you just said is very important there, Patrick, that there are there are these little temptations that sometimes we're not aware of, but as as we look and reflect more deeply, we start to recognize what's happening. And as we start to recognize that there are these little moments, and it's not a big deal, like I didn't commit a grave sin or anything, but here was this temptation, and you know what? Having experienced that temptation, I'm, I'm just a little bit weaker now. Yeah. The more we recognize even those small things, the more we're able to, again, be on our guard, the more we're able to start to build up our defenses. One of the, the great tools that the Church has, has given to us uh, is something like the examine prayer, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh, the idea of, of doing a regular examination of conscience, recognizing our, our faults, but also just recognizing those moments where God is present. Recognizing those things helps us to, to be more aware, and, and doing it throughout the day. The, the examine prayer is something that isn't really just for, for once a day, but, but throughout the day to just pause. So if you're starting to, uh, I don't know, get, get tired, or you're starting to feel kind of beat up, or even just to pause before lunch, as an example, and, and do a little examine, say, how have I done so far today? Where has God been present? Uh, where have I been attentive to God? Where have I not been attentive to God? These are things that just kind of help you with those, those small things. And then the more we're aware, the more we have that, that deep awareness of the, uh, the various challenges in front of us, the more we're able to, uh, to really start taking some, some important steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba, from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, on resisting temptation. Again, if you have ways that uh, you have dealt with temptation in the past and it's been it's proven effective, um, maybe there's certain sins or temptations that uh, you've been able to overcome uh, with the help of grace. Then give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. Father, if I may, I'd like to put the, what you were just saying under the magnifying glass a little bit. And again, I have, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I'm guessing this is not just my experience. But when I, when I do pause and I do a little examination of conscience, and um, I think that temptations even can enter into that. And, and here's what I mean. I mean that uh, I'm looking at how I've done today, you know, 
And uh, sometimes I can say, eh, going pretty well. Sometimes I can say, mm, not so well, right? Um, but even in that, I, I find that there's a temptation that comes in and saying, well, you're doing this on your own. So in other words, if, I, if I've been doing pretty well, then sometimes I forget, well, thanks be to God, right? Thanks, thanks be to God for his grace that has helped me in all these different situations. And then if, uh, if I'm not doing so well, then it's kind of like, well, then the, the accuser is right there and saying, look at how you screwed up, you know? Mm. Um, so so we got to be on our guard 100% of the time, don't we? We really do. And, you know, it's good that you bring that up, that there, there are those times when the temptation is to, to think more harshly of ourselves and badly of ourselves. Um, it's so easy to ruminate on the mistake, the thing that I did that was wrong, or the, the way that I didn't do everything possible. But on the one hand, it's necessary to recognize it, just to say it's, it's the reality is I didn't do everything that I could have done, or I, I failed in this particular way. But then the, the deeper truth, again, going back to that, that sense of a, a deeper truth, is that God is merciful to me. And God, in his, in his goodness, wants to help me through this, this trial. And so instead of spending all my time thinking about how terrible I am, which is a, a grave temptation, that's another thing that the devil likes to do. Remember, right. he's called the accuser of our brothers. Mm-hmm. And so he'll always accuse us, even of, of more exaggerated sin. Just as with, with Eve, he said, is it true that God told you not to eat any of the fruits of the trees? So he exaggerated the truth. Well, he'll do the same with us. He'll exaggerate the truth of our sin. So yes, I'm, I'm a sinner, or we all are. Uh, but how easily he likes to exaggerate the severity of the sin, or how easily he likes to label us with, with the sin that we committed, such that we're so consumed by, by thinking about what a bad sinner we are that we forget that there's no sin that's beyond the mercy of God. And so whatever sin we've committed, we bring it back to the Lord, and we, we just go back to the Lord again and again and again, seeking his mercy. Yeah, yeah, very good. Let's talk about one of the things that hasn't come up yet, Father, in our conversation about how about avoiding and resisting temptation. Well, avoiding might not be possible, but resisting temptation when it does come. We haven't really talked about fasting. How about fasting as a way of resisting temptation? So fasting as a way of resisting is really, it's, it's more of the, the preparatory work, right? There's the moment of temptation and there's how do we resist in the moment of temptation. But fasting is the thing that helps us to build up the defenses ahead of time, ahead of that temptation. So when we, when we fast, especially if we're fasting from food, um, take the, the very simplest appetite. When you start to feel that rumble in your stomach and you're, you're looking for something to eat uh, and you go without, or if you, you fast from a particular type of food for a period of time, or you fast, sometimes it's fasting from television or from, from the internet or from social media, something like that. When we, when we do that, we should also be intentional about it. It's, it's easy to uh, say, I'm not going to eat uh, because it's better for my diet, uh, I'm g- or I'm going to skip this meal because it's, it's good for me. I'm going to skip that dessert because dessert is bad for me in some way, right? To remember that, that when we do it intentionally, I'm going to abstain from eating for this meal today or for two meals today or something like that. And I'm doing it with this intention so that when my stomach starts to growl, instead of just thinking, oh, I've just got to get through it, I'm able to then say, all right, Lord, help me to grow in virtue. And, you know, you know your temptation. What's the thing that you're most likely to fall into? What's the sin that becomes the the greatest habit for you? That's the the thing that you're then offering to God. Lord, I I know that I tend to be so impatient. So here I am as I I suffer, quote-unquote, this little 
hunger pang, Lord, help me to grow in the virtue of patience. Uh, help me to uh, hold my tongue. Help me to uh, be be more uh, more conscientious, and, and help me to be uh, just that man of, of peace, or to help help me to overcome these temptations. So I'm fasting in advance so that the defense will be built up. Fasting is one of the most important, and I think often overlooked spiritual tools that we have. Yeah, very good. Uh, let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Joanna, who's calling in from Texas. Joanna, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. Um, it's it's sort of a silly thing I do, but it makes me feel good. And um, we can either go to Mass Saturday evenings or Sunday morning. So a lot of times I'm busy, so I say I'll go Sunday morning. And so then you're tired and you don't want to get up, but I get up and go to Mass anyway. And as soon as I get ready to go, I go, ha, 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 devil, I beat you. Thank you, God. And it makes me feel good that I'm I guess taunting the devil back because he taunts us. And so it just makes me, it makes me feel like I've achieved something that if I didn't think about it, I would have gone up, got mass, but it's like, I've just beat the devil and it makes me feel really proud. So it's like I say, it's sort of a childish thing, but you know, I'm 78 and I can be childish, so I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Joanna, I I love it actually, because it's so easy for us to, we, we get down on ourselves. Right, we think I've I've messed up. I've I've done this thing that's that's wrong, but we forget sometimes to count our victories. And the way you counted it, ha ha ha, devil, I beat you. Thank you, God. When we count our victories and we're able to say, I I did something good. This was a moment where God gave me that grace, and we recognize where the grace really came from. It wasn't just us on our own, but God doing something. We need to count our victories because it's a reminder that we're capable. We're doing okay, and I think that's great. Mm. Yes, wonderful advice. Thank you, Joanna, for that. And uh, yeah, I think as long as the thank you God part stays in there, that's a that's good advice. So if you have advice that you'd like to share on how you resist temptation, some of the things that you do, the practices that have become part of your spiritual journey, that would yeah, it would probably help out some of our listeners as well, if not all of us. So give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more about resisting temptation with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba, right after this. Stay with us. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today, and my thanks go out to Nick Sentovich, our producer, as well as Sarah Tafoya, who's taking your calls. And uh, we are speaking today about resisting temptation with our spiritual director, Father Sam Kachuba, from the Diocese of Bridgeport, pastor of St. Pius X Parish in Fairfield, Connecticut. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Jennifer, who's calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Jennifer, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, um, I just wanted to say thank you, and um, I'm a newish listener only for the past year, and I even contribute now, but my resistance to temptation has been, um, I try to set my alarm so that I'm praying throughout the day, Um, but I have two new prayers that I came across in the past year, and the one is Our Lady of Perpetual Help, 
And then the other one is our mother of perpetual help. Um, I found them. Well, one my mother gave me and the other one a friend gave me. Um, but I found them online too. But I pray those um, so that hopefully I don't fall into sin in the first place. Jennifer, I think that's great the, uh, to call on Our Lady uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime, especially under the title of uh, Mother of Perpetual Helper or Our Lady of Perpetual Help is, is so good. But I also really like that you're setting alarms throughout your day to remind you to pray. A lot of times we think of technology kind of being the enemy of, uh, of grace or technology being the thing that's going to lead us into temptation. But the reality is we, we all carry these devices that have uh, the capacity, at least, to remind us of things that are important. How many different reminders do you get every single day? If it's just a little, uh, a little alarm that goes off and says, "Hey, this is the, this time to pray," it, it it just stops you. It stops everything else you're doing. We always check our phones when it, when it buzzes or something goes on. So when that little alarm goes and it reminds you, "Hey, take a moment to to pray." you're setting yourself up for success because you're calling upon God. You're inviting God into every moment. I think that's fantastic. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice, Jennifer. Thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, setting the alarm, setting the alarm for prayer. Why not? Yeah, that's a. I think it's a great idea. And you know, one of the things, fathers, I'm listening to uh, people share about the ways that they resist temptation, and and as you've offered such great advice as well. One of the things I'm picking up on is that there seems to be a common theme or a common thread going through this. That focus, especially in the in the face of temptation, and again, this is true for me. I know is that if a temptation comes up, and like you were saying before, you don't want to entertain it, but if you start going down that road, sometimes what I need, and it sounds like what other people need as well, is a shift in focus. So even something as simple as, dare I say it, uh, going over and turning on relevant radio or uh, taking taking a moment to uh, take a breath and pray, whatever it is, to change, to get out of the mindset where we're, where we're walking down that road. What do you think about that, Father? I think it's a great idea. Uh, get up, literally. Get out of your chair. Go, go move somewhere else. Walk into the next room. Um, a lot of times it can be helpful to have uh, something tangible, like a, a crucifix that you can see on the wall. Like if you know where the cross is in, in your home or in, in your room, or uh, to carry a rosary with you and in that moment of temptation to just pick it up and hold on to it, uh, to, to change that mindset and to kind of call upon God. Uh, Yes, we're experiencing temptation, but but call upon God is is so important. There's a a great traditional prayer that kind of comes to us out of the Eastern Church. It's especially popular in the Orthodox uh, arena, but it's called the Jesus Prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And in the East, they have this practice of, of praying it constantly. And just sort of letting that that be the, the the words of their prayer, even when they're when they're just walking down the street, uh, kind of taking a breath in, saying, "Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God," and then with the breath out, "Have mercy on me, a sinner." Just this reminder of their their need for God's mercy and for God's help. But it's such an easy thing to say, and really these these little pious phrases. Uh, the church has given us countless examples of those pious phrases. Even simply to say the name of Jesus and, and to say it with, with devotion and with love and with reverence allows us to, to invite God into those different moments and can help us to break uh, a pattern of thought or to break a focus on something that's, that's sinful that we're, that we're struggling against. Yeah, I remember in the confessional once I had a confessor who uh, he recommended to me then when faced with temptation, 
uh, the phrase that he recommended was blood of Christ wash over me, which is, uh, yeah, I've mm. utilized that. That's been really helpful as well. But I, I really resonate with what you're saying there, Father. Let me ask you, uh, Father, too, if temptations, uh, it's something that will be with us, I'm sure, for, our, for, the, uh, for the extent of our mortal lives here. But uh, can temptations, do temptations change over time? I mean, um, is, are there ways that we can actually have hope that maybe we will be able to overcome a temptation? Yeah, I mean, the more we grow in virtue, the, the less certain temptations have power over us. So it is possible. But the reality of the spiritual life, if we think about you know, the, uh, the purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way, the reality is that, that we kind of go back and forth between the different ways of the spiritual life. It's very easy to uh, overcome uh, after a while. Uh, we overcome a, a sin, a particular temptation, a habit, and then we're, we're being illuminated more and more. We're growing in our understanding. Uh, but then maybe a new sin comes up or something changes in our life, some circumstance, and we kind of we go back to the old sin. We kind of relapse, um, mm-hmm. and we have to learn a new way of, of being purified of that and, and purged of it. Um, so, yes, there is there's always hope that we're going to be able to overcome sins. Um, but the reality is, like you said, that temptations are always going to be with us. There's, there's always things that will that will cause that temptation. And so uh, to be constantly seeking to grow in virtue and in God's, God's goodness, to grow in holiness, that's really the answer to all of the different temptations that we can face. Yeah, very good. Let's go back to the phones now, Father. Aaron is calling in from Hastings, Michigan. Aaron, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm actually tempted to leave the Catholic faith um, because of some issues that I've had. Um, but it's it's not molestation or nothing like that. <laughs> I can guarantee that. It's not a funny issue. I'm sorry for laughing about that, but... Um, I'm just wondering, how should I go about doing that? How should I go about handling that temptation? Yeah. Well, Aaron, I, I appreciate you bringing that up um, and, and the way that you're, that you're just aware that it's, it's present there. Um, I, I think one thing that's helpful is, is to examine what's happening. Um, what is it that's, that's making you think about, about leaving the faith? Very often, uh, we get caught up in the, the very human things, um, this person mistreated me. Now, I, I don't know the, the whole story that you're going through, so I don't want to make any presumptions. But if, if I was mistreated or if I, I don't see things being responded to in an adequate way or if I, I feel like the, the Church just isn't there for me, supporting me, um, is that a, a human issue or is it an issue of, of my faith in, in the truth that is Jesus Christ? And if it's if it's an issue with the person, then, then I've got some work to do with the persons, the people around me, or the the individuals involved in, in the particular thing. Um, I, there's some work of reconciliation that needs to happen, um, some healing, and I need to invite God into that. Um, if it's a question of do I believe in, in the truth, then I need to kind of throw myself before the Lord and say, Lord, give me give me that light to see and enlighten my eyes, my heart, my mind, so that I can understand what's really going on, uh, what's what's happening here. Because in the end, what we believe about Jesus, what the gospel teaches us, is, is the truth. And, and the church is, is there to proclaim that truth and to be a reminder of that truth and a source of the grace that flows from the truth of Jesus Christ. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. 
I'm sorry that that you're in that that moment of struggle. And just know that I'll I'll be praying for you uh, as you as you go through that. That God would give you the light that you need and the peace in your heart that would help you to uh, to move forward with Him in all things. Absolutely, and I would uh, again say, Aaron, you know that uh, the Inner Life listeners all over the all over the country, all over the world, are currently praying for you, even right now. Pray that uh, pray that there are there's some resolution there. So um, thank you for for having the guts to call in and and sharing that. And please uh, don't be a stranger to the Inner Life or to Father Simon or to Patrick Madrid or any any of our programs. We'd love to continue to be in. And on this journey together, as we are on this journey together each and every day, uh, and the inner life is is part of that. Today, we've been speaking about uh, resisting temptation with Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. I think just as we're nearing the end of the show here, Father, um, any other, or do you want to sum up some of the practical advice that you've been given? How can we? What are what are some of the practical things that we can do uh, in the face of temptation? Yeah, in the, in the face of temptation, I think we we have to remember a few different things. God has taught us what we're supposed to do. We know the difference between right and wrong. And so our whole life, we, we should be striving to grow in, in virtue. And so it's helpful for us to just take a look and say, all right, what's what's the thing that I struggle with? Because not every not every temptation is one that I have to deal with. There there are things that that I struggle with as a priest that that somebody else might not struggle with. And so it's important for me to recognize what, what are the things that I actually struggle with. Name them, and then naming them to recognize that there are virtues that. God has in store for me. There are virtues that I already possess, that if I grow in those virtues, uh, I'll be able to overcome those temptations more, more easily. The second thing is that, that life of prayer, and just to, to always be turning to God, asking for His grace and for His blessings, and, and in that prayer, uh, to really grow in the knowledge and love of God. And then finally, uh, I would say, especially in the moment of temptation, uh, to remember that it's a good idea to, to run away, get out of that moment, get out of that place, and call on the name of Jesus uh, as loudly as you can. You know, what you said before is sometimes that actually includes a physical movement of getting up and moving around, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very good. I will mention uh, we had one other call. We don't have time to go to you, Pat, but uh, Pat called in from New Jersey saying, getting bad thoughts out of your head, thinking of them as bad flies and just flicking them off your shoulder. I like that. That, in- that includes a little bit of mental uh, work and it includes some physical work as well, just flicking the, flicking those bad flies, those bad thoughts off your shoulder. All right, Father, so we've entered into our last minute here on the program, so we'd love to get a blessing from you if we could. Sure. Thank you for having me, Patrick. May Almighty God pour out His blessings upon you. You may grow always in virtue and love and in holiness. May Almighty God pour His blessings out upon you, all who listen today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Sam Kachuba from the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, has been our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, talking about resisting temptation. If you're just tuning in just now and you missed the show, you can always go back and listen again on the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. Thanks for joining us, though, for this hour. We are grateful that you did. We've got Eucharistic Adoration coming up tomorrow. That's going to be our focus here on The Inner Life. And coming up right now here on Relevant Radio is Father Matt Seminar with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So that's always a good way of continuing on our fight against the enemy, against the evil one, and resisting temptation. So grateful you joined us on The Inner Life. Thanks for being here.